this this trade was uh, uh league league activity. Here we go. Uh trade between uh, here we go. It was Jalen Waddle for Dalvin Cook, Cortland Sutton, Josh Downs, and a 26 second. Brutal. <laughs> that's what that's what we said. That's that's ugh. That it was so bad. D start posting just random sports stories to push yeah, the trade up yeah, the feed. I, yeah, because I didn't want anyone else to think that's what good wide receivers go for in this league. So I just started. I asked everyone to just start sending random messages so that like no one else could see that. Um, it that's was bad. Funny. And then now I know how I, I remember where I saw this at. So you know how I do the Opus clips where it pulls like uh, videos, little short videos automatically with AI. So mm-hmm. it it pulled that clip of that trade in there. And I listened to it and I was like, there's no way in hell as a fancy website. Can I post that <laughs> as a clip <laughs> on TikTok? Because they're going to it, it was, it was so bad. Oh, it was what a so time bad. to be alive. But it's been what pretty quiet ever since. Like I offered Bam a trade. He hasn't responded in a week. Listen, it's a I, very fair trade. Here's what I think happens to Bam. Bam goes through these manic episodes in his head when it comes to trades and is like, this is a good trade. I'm just going to take it. And then like maybe like a day or two later, he thinks about it. And then he's like, yeah, maybe maybe I could have got something a little bit better for that. And, and then well, I think he it's tries also to that the, Well, you got to start dunking on him immediately. That's why he doesn't do anything else. Like, because those are like bad. Tra- Here's the thing. In this league, when no one says anything about your trades – it's a good trade. Everyone's kind of, it's kind of like, all right. Remember the Trevor Lawrence deal I made last year at the beginning of the season? Everyone was like, okay. The Josh Allen trade I made right at the start of the right at the start of this new league season. Everyone was like, well, everyone first was like, how can you come out and say you're not trading Trevor Lawrence? And then the first thing you do when the league year opens is trade Trevor Lawrence. But no one ever said the deal was bad. I've made one or two bad deals. Name these bad deals because I feel like I know one. <laughs> what's the what's the one? Yeah, shut up, everyone. Welcome to episode one thirty one to speak on. The <laughs> <right now. laughs> Listen, I want to thank you because Devon A. Chain, Ty J. Spears, Keaton Go Mitchell. They, they, listen, they're going to be my running backs of the future. I just need Keaton Mitchell to get healthy. Hopefully, the Titans make Ty J. Spears RB one. Maybe with a new offensive coordinator, maybe they start utilizing more. I think Devon A. Chain, I think he'll he'll take on a large role next year. I just want to thank you, my brother. And I got Mike Ev- Mike Evans too. Yeah, oh, you bro. can have Mike Evans. I, I think I might have to take the cake on bad trades. Let me tell you the trade I made before the season started in August. So I had picked up Puka Nakua off the waivers because he was undrafted. Oof, that'll and do I it. A, I paid a pretty penny for him in Fab, but I was like, you know, he's a you know whatever late round pick i got him after the the draft i traded him for a 26 second round pick straight up (laughs) i am regretting that decision right now that that 26 second i hope it turns into like a a franchise gym where you're gonna you might be kicking yourself now i will say i too also picked up puka nakua from waivers last year and i didn't trade him i just straight up dropped him and then Mm. another another manager who funny enough never paid his dues with his bum broke ass ended up picking him up so now who the dude who inherited that team just got Puka Nakua for the free. And he's no Puka got traded. Oh, he did Puka get got traded, traded last Puka. week. Puka but that was even that that wasn't even a bad trade. Like that I saw was that and I was trade. like, I was like, all right, all right. Uh Jamie, what's what's good? Host, what's good? Ladies and gentlemen, 
Welcome to episode 131 of Speak On It. As you guys can see, we have a very, very, very special guest in the building. It's been long time coming. Danny and I have been doing this show for a few years now. We've always said we've got to have this guy on the show. we got to bring him in. The host, the, the creator of Going For Two, Jeff, how's it going, man? Hey, man. I'm glad we finally would make this work. I was telling Danny pre-show before you got on that, you know, we've tried a couple times and it just seems like my work schedule and everything else always seems to interfere. But I'm like, today I work from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And I'm like, Ooh. they're talking 49ers today. Mm -hmm. I'm actually going to be home. I need to get on this show tonight. So I'm, I'm glad I could finally make it on the show, man. And, you know, 131, it's a lot of episodes y'all put together before I was able to make it on here. But I'm, I'm glad I finally made it. Danny, that's how does it feel, man? 131 episodes. It, it, it flies by, I'll tell you I, what. I was about to say, our three anniversary is the Tuesday after the Super Bowl. Ooh, ain't that crazy? Which Jeff, is... I'm glad you're here because finally we have we have a real Niners fan. So me, my dislike for the Niners, Danny's dislike for the Niners won't matter now because now we have a legit fan of the Niners here who can, who can maybe – Throw a little optimism because I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm hating. I'm hating all the hate. I'm hating. I don't like them. I'm I'm hating. I Danny, mean, you guys ready to start? I'm I'm ready to jump right into it. Wait, first, Danny, you want to let the people know where this fine broadcast is brought to us by? It's brought to us by the gentleman with the flowy. The is it your hair brown? Yes. Or is it black? The flowy brown hair. It's brought for going for two dot com. Uh, as you heard, we we're talking dynasty trades, the rookie draft for most people is coming up. Make sure you pay your dues. That has been a common theme across mm -hmm. multiple outlets today and over the past couple of months. Um, going and just know if you have a commissioner like me and you don't pay dues, you will hear about it forever. <laughs> forever, forever until you pay your dues. Um, Damn, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, going through the all your daily fantasy needs, every fantasy needs, Superflex, Dynasty, Redraft, whatever you need, there's something there for you. And yeah, let's get cracking. This is, I have a lot of hate in my heart right now, especially after Sunday's games. Worst case scenario for me Sunday. So you want to start with, you guys want to start with the Chiefs and the Ravens or you want to start with the Lions and the Niners? Jeff, you're the guest dealer's choice. Let's let's do Chiefs and Ravens so that we can, we can talk, you know, we, you know, I don't want to have the hate hit me so early in the show. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I guess the 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 start of this is that damn Mahomes did it again. Mahomes and the Chiefs did what a lot of people did not think they were about to do. They went into Baltimore, a team that had basically scored what about 20, 25, 30 points a game. They held them to 10 points. And now the Chiefs are going to yet again another <sighs> Super Bowl. So I'm going to ask you guys this question. And Jeff, we'll start with you. Are, were you more shocked by the Chiefs winning this game and pulling this one out or by the Ravens' poor performance when it most mattered? It was the Ravens' poor performance when it most mattered. And it, it, it I know people want to put the, the blame on Lamar Jackson, and it was some Lamar Jackson involved in that, but their game plan was absolutely horrible. Like, they, they threw the ball 83% of the time for a team that led the league in rushing. rushing. I think – Gus Edwards had a carry, like 15-yard carry, and didn't touch the ball again until the third quarter. Like, I, I don't understand how they even thought this was a smart game plan. And even when they're down, they're down 10 points in, like, the third or fourth quarter. And Lamar Jackson's, you know, seven-step drop looking for 50-yard passes. You, you can't score 10 points in one play. You, you got to move it down the field, score, you know, get the field goal, get the touchdown, slowly come back. 
but they wanted to get it all in one play. And I just kept watching this game like, okay, they're going to learn now. He check it down a couple of times and then look for the deep play again. It was like, I don't know what they were doing. It was, it was a horrible game plan overall. Lamar Jackson, you know, is, is, you know, as much hate as he had, uh, I think some of the blame falls on him. And, but I think also falls on that coaching staff as well. Cause they just didn't have a good game plan for this at all. Danny, what do you think? Everything Jeff said, I just want to talk about the funniest part of the game for me is Isaiah likely throwing his hand up while being triple colored. Like, <laughs> they showed the replay and I was like, oh, he thinks he's Gronk. <laughs> like more, more of what Jeff said. I'm, I'm, I'm more shocked at the Ravens L. I thought for sure, I thought it'd be close, but I thought Baltimore, they're physical. Like, like Jeff said, they run the ball. Like they do everything that the, the Chiefs don't do well in theory. And somehow they just found a, the Chiefs found. I don't. I'm not a guy who says teams lose the game, but the, the Chiefs found a way to win. It's it's just it's amazing. He has been to the AFC Championship game, Mahomes. Every year he's been a starter. Yeah, he's crazy. he different. That boy different. I'll, I'll that tell you boy what. is different. I'm going. I'm actually a little bit more. So the other guys, just so y'all know, you know, I know we're not to that game yet, but the other guy's been uh, in the championship game the two years that he's been in the league too, Mr. All Brock Purdy. Right. All right, here we go. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, now, I was honestly a little bit more shocked at the Chiefs pulling this out because I think similarly to what you guys are saying, like this, the game plan for the the Chiefs, it, I felt like the Chiefs game plan kind of got punched in the mouth early, but they, Andy Reid and that coaching staff made just a few enough adjustments that they scored a few enough points to just win the game. Like I and I think Jeff was just talking about this, like I, when you come into a game leading the league in rushing and then you completely abandon what kind of got you there, you're falling right into the hands of the Chiefs because it's like we game plan for you guys to really play, try to play keep away and keep Patrick off the field. If y'all are going to keep throwing the ball and saving us clock and we're already up, all we got to do is keep getting these first downs, get a couple first downs each drive. and We just keep you guys off the field to minimize your possessions. I mean, to me, that's, that's shocking because – These last couple of Ravens postseason losses, it's always been a consistent theme. They abandon the run. They like if you you can look at it the, to the AFC Championship game a few years ago. The, these last games, these last postseason games where they the Ravens have been heavily favored and they came in and they just kind of wet the bed. It's been a consistent theme. They start running the ball a little bit well. They kind of get down and they just abandon the they abandon the run and they just tell Lamar, Superman, please save us. And while that works in the regular season, in the postseason. It's 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 a different animal. So I was I was just a little bit shocked at how the the game plan for the Chiefs, even though it wasn't necessarily the best, all it takes is a few adjustments, and now here here you are up 17-7, up 17-0. All you got to do is hold hold the ball, minimize their possessions, stop them on defense a few times, get get Zay Flowers to make a bonehead penalty. Oh, I still don't understand. I still don't understand that one. That was. That man is sick. The fumble at the goal line. Mm. That was it. Oh, Miko Hardman somewhere just laughing. Just laughing. <laughs> we're laughing like, hey, my bounce was unlucky, but yours, super unlucky. So I, I, it's, it's, it's sad because I think, you know, I think we all here recognize the greatness that is Lamar Jackson. I think we all pretty much agree he's on his way to his second MVP. But this is just like a consistent pattern of, 
just Lamar and the Ravens getting into the the postseason and just really, really underperforming. And I mean, hey, hats off to the Chiefs. I mean, they they came in and they they proved everyone wrong. I know I came in here and picked the Chiefs last week. I might even pick them by two scores, maybe. I don't know, but no, I might you pick picked the Ravens. We both picked the Ravens last week. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? 87% sure we both are you sure Ravens. about that? I, I think otherwise. Don't make me pull up the clip. I think otherwise. My, you might pull up the clip. I thought we both picked the Ravens. No, nah, I, I think I might. Wrong. I think we both picked the Lions. No, I picked the Lions. You I picked the nine. I, the hell no, I picked the Lions. The Lions. Yeah, Let me ask you two a question. Do you think in the AFC, like these teams that go up against Mahomes, like do you think the aura, the mystique of Mahomes kind of like sets in and spooks these guys? 1,000%. Yeah, it definitely does. I, I agree. And then I, someone compared it to the, the Jordan era, the 90s, you know, all the teams that didn't get super uh, championships because of Jordan was winning all of them. That's kind of what Mahomes has right now. He has that. Mm-hmm. And, and you never feel like even if you have a lead on them, you don't feel like it's safe because, you know, Mahomes is going to bring him back and find a way to win the game. So I, I think a lot of teams sometimes overthink it. I think the Ravens overthought it. They thought, oh, we can pass on this team because they're going to be coming out and trying to stop the run and we're going to surprise them and pass and they overthought it and went away with what everything they did all season long and they did that because of Mahomes. It, you know if it wasn't Mahomes on the other side of the field they probably wouldn't have done that yeah i was about to say i feel like when Mahomes on the other side other teams start to get out of their character like they try oh we're going to beat Mahomes the way Mahomes beat us and it's like mm, just stick to what got you here it's it's almost it's almost like i compare it Jeff mentioned the Bulls, the 90s Bulls. I don't think you got to go back that far. I think you can go back to the Patriots years. All these times teams got to the AFC Championship game or postseason game against the Patriots, good teams that just find a way to piss on themselves just because they're playing the Patriots. It's the same thing happening with the Chiefs. It's it's like you, you're staring across the field from 15 and Andy Reid and all the motions this way and that way, all the eye candy, Travis Kelsey, and teams just like, oh, no. Let's let's just try something completely brand new. Let's just try to throw something out that they ain't seen before. That that that's what irks me. Don't get to the playoffs and try to oh they haven't seen this before. Let's yo do what you do well and let's just your best players against my best players line them up. Let's see who wins. Why everyone try to get to the postseason and just try to overdo it, overthink it? I mean. Literally, I think every game, every postseason game this postseason the Chiefs played, you can go back to one or two plays the other team made, and you're just like, you don't normally do that. Why why did you start today? Um, it's 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 tough, man. It's what can we say? I mean are are, are we witnessing a dynasty here? I, I think we are. I mean, they've been like you just mentioned a minute ago, Mahomes as a starter in the championship game every year as a starter. That's a, that's a dynasty right there. Yeah, I think I think we're in the midst of the dynasty. Like the dynasty has already started where we're kind of just trying to ride the wave until it's over and I don't know if it's ever going to be over. That's what it feels like. It feels like those Brady years like is this ever going to end? So in dynasty, right? We all have that one player where we know outside of our quarterback, we know you are Hall of Fame. A Hall of Fame player for the Chiefs in their tight end, Travis Kelsey, passed Jerry Rice in total playoff receptions. So now I have to ask, in the midst of this Chiefs dynasty that we're all we're all in agreement they're in, does 
Does Kelsey pass in Jerry on the all-time playoff reception list? Does that solidify him as GOAT tight end, or are people jumping the gun here? So let's see. When you put, you know, put in the GOAT conversation, you're going to put Gronk, obviously. And the yep. biggest thing that separates Gronk from Kelsey or from Kelsey from Gronk is that Kelsey has been available in the big games. Gronk has yeah. missed some of those Super Bowls when they still won it. And that to me is the key. Like Gronk had a lot of issues. Gronk was super physical, but he get himself hurt. And Kelsey, for the most part, has been healthy his entire career. Uh, and that's what kind of gives me that, you know, when they need him most, he's going to be there. Like, you know, in this last game, they needed him a lot to come up big and he did. And and that's, I think Kelsey right now, I think is the, is the goat tight end for me, especially if they could, you know, continue on this run with Mahomes. Say. Uh, everything Jeff said. The only one of a person I thought of was maybe Tony Gonzalez in regards to like route running. But I mean, when we championships have to come into effect at some point in time, and, and Travis has the championships that Tony doesn't. Yep. And granted, they both some about the Chiefs and tight ends, but yeah, it's it's definitely Kelsey. Kelsey, the route running, Kelsey can block. Kelsey understands leverage. Kelsey has the touchdowns. He has the rings. Like I don't know whose resume you can put beside him and be like, no, I'll take this guy for Kelsey. Yeah, I think of the goat tight ends. Obviously, I think of like the Antonio Gates, the Shannon Sharps, the Gronks, the the Tony Gonzalez's of the world, the uh, the Mike Ditka's of the world. I'm not afraid to say it. the the real OG tight ends. And then I think, well, what does Travis Kelsey do better than a lot of these other tight ends? Honestly, I would say he's probably, in my opinion, he's got probably the best hands and some of the best route running. He maybe isn't as touchdown merchant e as maybe let's say a gronk who who can give you like five receptions for 75 yards and three touchdowns but like travis kelsey will give you 10 for 112 and those are some of the 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 10 most clutch catches that you'll see like i take it like even that game versus the ravens especially in the first half some of those catches kelsey made i was like that's just my homes just believing just believe the one on fourth down that was all hands just went out there snagged it all hands so, against the best defense in the NFL too. It wasn't like you're playing against, scrubs. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and and I'll say, I mean, like, go ahead, D. My bad. Go ahead, my bad. I was going to say, like, I mean, the Ra- I mean, the Ravens were trying a lot. They were putting Queen on them. They were putting Roquan on them. They tried Kyle Hamilton on them. It didn't matter. Kelsey was just <laughs> shifty hands. Doo-doo-doo. I mean, it, it just didn't matter. So, I, I think I, th- I think with an, I think with or without another ring, it's hard to look at another tight end and say they're better than this guy. He to me, he's the whole package in which you would want in a tight end. Pause. So my next question is, and then we can move on. Do you think this dynasty is over if Kelsey retires? No. So you think it's no. Mahomes? I I, th- I think as long as Mahomes and Andy Reid are together, these guys are going to be competitive for a a for a a long time especially because i personally think no matter what the outcome of the super bowl is i think the chiefs are walking into april's draft and they're trying to trade their way up so they can go get a wide receiver i I think they're looking at Kadarius tony scott moore and miko hardman and saying y'all are not nfl wide receivers yeah definitely gotta go like the the best news the chiefs had all week is when they ruled out Kadarius tony because he couldn't play that game he will never play another game for the chiefs again Especially after the IG live rant, <laughs> I was I was into the IG live rant, and I was like, "Okay, Kadarius Tony, I receive what you're saying, but do you not remember like some of your fuck ups this season? Like, <laughs> you had a lot of them between the drops, the lining up offsides, Travis. I mean, the Chiefs. 
One could say, yo, Kadarius Tony, if you don't line up offsides, we probably don't even have to leave Kansas City to play a po- postseason. Yeah. Right. Like, get. But at the same time, Kadarius Tony won the Super Bowl last year on that punt return. He did. And he, he might have caught the Oh, that was Scott Moore. That, that was Scott, Scott Moore. Moore. Kadarius Tony yeah. had the punt return. Yeah. Although they, they basically scored on the same play in the Super Bowl last year, just ran it on different yeah, sides. I, know. So. I, w- I watched. I know. <laughs> uh, you're right. So Kyle asks, why do I feel like Kadarius Tony is going to end up on the Edmonton Elks soon? Listen, I think the Edmonton Elks is is being a little generous. I don't think he's going, listen, he's going to be in the United up. Football League. Yeah, I was like, he is yeah, going he to be, be dapping up the rock on opening day saying thanks for the opportunity. And he'd be an amazing Martavis Bryant, player because he's got the ability. Yeah. He just can't catch. And, yeah, Martavis Bryant and Kadarius Tony will be teammates very soon. They're they're, they're going to be the Jamar Chase and T Higgins of the United Football League. Oh yeah, you guys you guys see that video of like old Shaq and Kobe highlights? Yeah. Anytime people are hyped, <laughs> that's going to be Kadarius Tony and Martavis Bryant in the in the UFL Canadian Football. I just I feel like the Chiefs after Tyreek Hill were trying to find like that gadgety speedster that they could just line up anywhere and they would just be able to beat you with speed. And I think. They learned after Sky Moore, after Kadarius Tony, and after Miko Hardman, there is only one Tyreek Hill. He is a just a generational talent. Let's just go and get a big body receiver that can catch. Maybe you might come back with another Rasheed, Rasheed Rice because I mean that that was I mean that was their hit. Yeah. They're lucky they hit on Rasheed Rice. I think if they didn't hit on Rasheed Rice, Andy Reid was going to have to go back to his scouting department and just ask him, "What the fuck are you looking at in these wide receivers? Like, what are we looking at here?" Because I mean, it's, it's it's bad. Like. And like, imagine, imagine Mahomes with like a Keon Coleman who might have fell a little bit later in the draft. Imagine him with like a a Brian Thomas who might have just f- fell in the draft. Like, there are some wide receivers in this draft. I think the Chiefs are looking at. They're saying, "Hey, we're not going to get Marvin Harrison. We're not going to get Malik Neighbors, but we can trade up to like that twelve to eighteen range, and we might be able to get somebody who could we can plot pl- plug in next year." And can give us forty to fifty receptions, maybe five to six hundred yards, and a couple of touchdowns, and that's pr- pretty much all we need. But don't you so. they need an adult in the receiver room? I, I get it, Travis Kelsey is there, but you just can't roll out with a bunch of young receivers. You don't think like, hey, isn't this is like, isn't Mike Williams a free agent? Like, I feel like there might be some free agent options that can go to Kansas Listen, City and be the adult in the T. room. Higgins is T Higgins is licking at the chops. Yo, they, come they, pay they, me. They're not gonna pay. Come they're not gonna me. pay T Higgins, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. T Higgins is. He's not going to reset the market, but he's going to get close. Listen, but, and I'm going to say this, if the Chiefs win one more, you don't think that general manager is going up to Travis and being like, hey, man, listen, we want you back, but. I mean, Travis has taken pay cuts his entire career, though, right? Like, Travis has been the guy to take in less so others can eat. So you see, you see, you see Travis coming back next year. I think if they win, he retires. I think he and Kelsey go out together. Like if he wins, I think Jason and Travis retire together and go off into the sunset. Jeff, what do you think? I think Kelsey comes back. I think Andy Reid might retire. Oh, yeah. I've heard some scuttlebutt, some rumors that there's a potential that he didn't want to put it out there to, uh, to, to create this sort of Andy Reid's you know, last season kind of thing. But I've heard rumors that Andy Reid might hang it up after this season. Wow. Now, okay. Whew. Now let's talk about that. Because we just mentioned, I think, I believe the dynasty is within Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. 
Andy Reid retires, we're having a way different conversation about the Chiefs. I'm going to be honest with you. Really? You think so? Because I don't think the Chiefs go outside the organization to hire. I think they promote within. So they're either, they're probably, I imagine them promoting Spags and keep trying to and bring in McNaggy on to be like the basically the offensive head coach. You don't think they will call Eric Bieniemy? I was just thinking the same thing. They can call him. You don't e- think you don't think they call he not doing nothing? The commanders held he, on to him. Now it's too late for him to get an OC job. I think he's still technically employed by the commanders. They haven't because they haven't hired their coach yet. Yeah, so but he's I, stuck. I don't I don't think he'll be there. I think they will get rid of him once they yeah, get Yeah, he's coach. yeah, so he he He's stuck. Oh, I didn't even think same thing that. with Kellen Moore, right? Kellen Moore couldn't interview until Harbaugh was hired, and then he became the Eagles coordinator. He couldn't interview until the Chargers had some direction. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that because I'm I'm so curious to know what Eagles fans think about that hire. But um okay. Bill Belichick I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be the chat thinks Bill Belichick to Kansas City, and I think that's a terrible idea. Like we need to get off this platform that Bill Belichick is just this solve. We saw what Bill Belichick was without the GOAT. We we've seen Bill Belichick's gm skills and y'all people are raving and wanting that for their organization like cowboys fans like if mike mccarthy messes up next year by all means please please go hire bill who says bill really wanna what if part of me think what if part of me thinks bill wants to coach but bill don't want to coach he doesn't part of me is like yo if you ain't got like a tom brady or a top like a top 10 qb on your roster and y'all not definitely in a win now mode i don't want to be here because bill's been a part of bill's been rebuilding since tom walked out that door and it got collectively worse and worse and worse he looked at mac jones Uh, and was like yep i'll take you that's all i need to know (laughs) like jeff would you want bill belichick in charge of your organization like would you get excited no because he's gonna want full control and i I, if he's just gonna come coach i don't know if I, i don't mind that but I need somebody else to be the GM because he's shown that he cannot GM. He's missed way too many times in the first round. It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Whoever the coach is at Washington, they're going to call Bill Belichick and say, hey, you want to be my D coordinator? And he's going to hang up the phone. <laughs> yes. Because that's all I'd want him as. You can be my defensive coordinator. That's Why all. are you so sure that he's going to hang up the phone? Come on, dog. You can, you don't go, Listen, you don't go from like full control football. to defensive coordinator in like one step. Like. Yeah. You usually use a lose like okay, you can be the head coach, but you're not the GM, right? Like that's the next step. There's, for a, way, Bill. there's a way to sell that. I, I think Bill, I think Bill could go to a team that has a bad sort of uh, like the Commanders, for example. They have a bad history, right? He could go in there and create order, but as the GM hiring Bill, I would one like I said, no control over any kind of player personnel, and he has to have a legit offensive coordinator and a legit defensive coordinator, and all he has to do is just manage the pieces around him. He, he tried to do too much in, with the Patriots, you know, hiring just anybody to be an offensive coordinator because he thought he was just that good. But I, it, it's it, – I I don't mind him as a coach. I just don't want him controlling player personnel, and I want to have two coordinators that can do their thing without him inter- interfering with them. That man hired – he made Matt Patricia the offensive yeah, exactly coordinator. exactly my point. Yeah, exactly my point. Anybody, we, we, we don't – streets don't need that. Your, your organization does not want Bill Belichick. It's okay to say that. Okay, so I'm asking you, Jeff. First, you GM of the Washington Commanders. You're, 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 you're mm. you have to make up. Your owner says, "Yo, we want Bill Belichick to be our defensive coordinator." I want you to walk me through that phone call you're making to Bill. How, how do you even have that call? 
Yeah, it's a very difficult call to make because you're right. I mean, he holds a lot of weight, but it has to be to the, especially now because there's not many many spots left open. If Bill wants to coach, and he wants to coach this year, he doesn't have spots to go. They're they're all <laughs> filled. So you're like, well, here we're the Commanders. If you want to come coach for us, that's great, <laughs> but we can't give you the player personnel, Danny. I'm so. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, old man, listen, you, <laughs> you have no leverage. It's either us or Seattle or yep. sit your ass at home. One of the three. You will be on Pat McAfee every Tuesday or you're going to come coach football. What you want? <laughs> very easy conversation. This lesson over yeah, there, very easy conversation. Look, old man, you want to run this defense or you want to play pickleball? It's up to you. I'm just ring, ring. And, hey, and you, get, and you got three hours to decide because I ain't waiting for you. I know you eat dinner at four o'clock. You got till dinner. Listen, you. so you talking about some ring, ring? Yeah, can I speak to Bill Belichick? This is he. Listen, old man, I ain't got time to play with you. <laughs> Listen, old man, we need a defensive coordinator. You ain't doing a goddamn thing. I know you got nothing but free time, and you tired of looking at your backyard playing with your dogs. You ain't got no control over the roster. We just need you to come in and coach defense for us every week. Yay or nay? That's how you. That's how you. That's how you call. Emmanuel me. Forbes is tired of getting burnt. Can you help him? <laughs> <laughs> we we got to beat Dallas at least once one time. Can we you have, help us? We have two All Pro defensive tackles who can't seem to make the Pro Bowl. Can you help us? Oh man, I'm I. If I was if I was well, a GM. And the owner said, yo, you got to call Bill Belichick and at least offer him the defensive coordinator position. I'm just Mr. Belichick, listen. Mr. Yeah, listen. Bill. Nah, I ain't calling him Bill. He got he got six Super Bowl rings. I got to call him Mr. Belichick. Tom got six Super Bowl rings. See, that's hate. Okay, that's not true because there were some games where the offense wasn't doing nothing and the defense bailed them out. Every every Super Bowl Tom won, there's a drive where you can point to and say, yep, that was Tom. He won the game. So who who won who who won the game in 2014? Because last time I checked, they was a, a yard away from losing. Oh, okay. Yeah, the interception. That's fine. But who gave them what, the what lead? About the, to... What about the stink bowl the second time versus the Rams? It was like 10 to 7. Yeah, or something that, like was, that. that was a disgusting game. Ugh. I'm telling you, there's been a and I believe one of the the first one, the first Not, or the Tom third let him down the field to for Adam to kick the field goal. But they Tom did shut the down drive. the greatest show on turf. That's they did. That's, that's true. I, listen, I'm not saying I'm trying to disrespect Bill, but I feel like y'all be putting too much shine on Bill. Bill, you want this job? Yes or no? Nah. And then Bill say, "Fax me the contracts." Like, sir, check your email. Nah, nah. I'm, listen, Mister Belichick. Listen, you've been busy. You've been busy in New England. They look at what they have me. Look at. They had you do bill they had you they had you looking over the offense the defense the special teams it was almost like you were a head coach bill listen i got a beautiful proposition for you what if we just have you only coach the defense and we just call you the defensive coordinator <laughs> <laughs> that's how i'm calling bill belichick that's me <laughs> jeff how do you call bill belichick huh how do how does jeff how do you call bill how do i call bill I mean, you gotta put some respect on him. Like, Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff was raised properly. Clearly, yeah. six Super Bowls. That's still. I mean, in Tom Brady in the beginning, he wasn't the goat yet. He was still a, a young, you know, quarterback, and he found a way to win too. So early on in his career, before Tom Brady became Tom Brady, so we still gotta give that to Bill. 
That's fair. See? See? I think if you're Bill, the only retort you have left is it's either me or Brandon Staley. Yeah. Give me control. Hey, yo, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. We're going to pause this before we even, well, since we're transitioning over to the NFC, let me make a statement for my favorite team that just so happens to reside in the NFC. Whatever you do, if you interview Brandon Staley for a second time, don't. If you're thinking about interviewing Brandon Staley for a second time, don't. Oh, they will. If anyone in that building says we should hire Brandon Staley seriously, fire them. They don't know what they're talking about. Congratulations, don't. Brandon Staley. You are the Green Bay Packers defensive coordinator. Nah. <laughs> nah. I, nah. Ooh, I'm so glad Vic Fangio came to Philadelphia because I was shaking in my boots. Yeah. I mean, uh, Arthur Smith got a job, right? Offensive coordinator after what he did in Atlanta. That's crazy. That offense is going to be putrid. I don't think so. I I I think the man think had I, Cal Pitts, Bijan, and Drake London, and well, he couldn't win he the NFC South. Him, but that's because he didn't have somebody to check him. He couldn't win the NFC South. Listen, I I, I listen. I think in a in a in, on a team that you're not the head coach, and Mike Tomlin, a well respected voice within the NFL, tells you, yo. We're not going to keep running the end of rounds down 24 to 6. Please push the ball downfield, Arthur. Or here's the thing. You you don't have someone who can push the ball down the field, Coach Tomlin. Okay. And I think that's fair. Listen, and I think someone even said it in our Going for Two Twitter group chat. Yo, the Steelers' offensive problems start start and end with whoever they have behind center. You You could have... Eric Bieniemy, Tom Brady, or whoever at at OC. If Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph is your starting quarterback, you're going to be a 500 team year in and year out because they're 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 not terrible, so they're good enough that you might contend, but they're not great enough that you could actually beat the team that you need to beat. So you're just going to be 500, and you're just going to have a defense that's locking people down, and you're losing games 20 to 24 every week, and you know you're right back in it. Let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. If you're Pittsburgh, do you go after Kirk Cousins? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if he's available, absolutely. 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 And Minnesota, the the dumbest thing y'all could do is let Kirk Cousins walk out that building. I'm telling you. Let Kirk Cousins walk out that building. Y'all are going to be sick. That's all I'm going to say. Speaking of being sick, there's one team in the NFC that I – I know when they woke up yesterday morning, they could not believe that they were not playing in the Super Bowl in about a week and a half. Sunday afternoon, 3.30 p.m., the Lions traveled west to beautiful, beautiful Santa Clara out in the Bay Area. It's a nice, great nice stadium. Night. Beautiful great stadium. Beautiful stadium. And they played the damn 49ers. Whew. I don't have a lot of good things to say about that team in gold and red. And here's what I'm going to say. For the first half, I was just so confident that there was just no way a team could choke away a 17-point lead. And if you did, it would literally take you all 30 minutes in the second half to to just blow such a big lead. All you got to do is get first downs and keep scoring field goals. Well, ladies and gentlemen, of course, only the Detroit Lions could give the 49ers one of the biggest comebacks 
in postseason history. They erased a 17-point lead in the third quarter. In I remember. Eight quarter. Eight minutes. In the third quarter. Didn't even eight. make it. To, they, they were leading by the time the fourth quarter started. And they ended up winning by 10. Like, I feel like, Jeff, do you just want to ice on and talk your shit? <laughs> so, so, first of all, I was feeling the pain um, that first half to the point that my daughter, who didn't have school on Monday, had a friend over. She's 11. Uh, the language that was being spoken very loudly in that first half, my wife told me I need to go to the basement because uh, we might be scared of my daughter's friend. So, you can't be dropping on these F-bombs. Yeah. We get so, I had to move to the basement to watch the game. Um, and my wife is a Packers fan. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. Her whole family is all from Wisconsin. They're all Packers fans. So go, Pat, go. They, I understand your hate, D, because uh, it seems like whenever we play y'all in the playoffs, we find a way to beat y'all. So I, I definitely get the hate. And I, the same reason I hated the Cowboys in the 90s. And then that second half, First of all, funny situation happened in the second half. So I went downstairs to watch on my daughter's TV because that used to be the man cave, but now it's my daughter's cave. So I had to sign into Hulu because she doesn't ever use Hulu. So I had to sign in. It took me about five, 10 minutes to sign in. And then I'm watching the game and I see my phone blowing up like, oh, what a play by IU. What a play. And I'm like, I'm watching the game like that shit didn't happen. I'm like 10 minutes behind because Hulu had signed me in from the point I was watching it upstairs. <laughs> all of that. So I had no idea for like 10 minutes. I was watching the game way behind. So then, you know, then of course I'm watching the game and we're coming back and, you know, a couple of things that, that happened, you know, on both sides, I think, you know, your, your question that you're going to ask is going to be, you know, who, who's the L is it more of an L to the lines or is it more of a, you know, for won this game. And it was kind of on both sides. Right. Cause, I think the 49ers, unlike the Ravens, did not panic that they were down. They weren't trying to score 15 points in, you know, in in, in 10 minutes. Uh, the first drive after the first half, they kicked a field goal. You know, that, that's something that I don't think that the Ravens would have done at that point. They kicked a field goal. They were still down. They said, this is the point that we're going to get. Kick the field goal. We're not going for it. Uh, we'll just play good defense, get the ball back. Of course, things started to happen. They started going for it. The Lions did on fourth down. We got the ball back, scored again. Suddenly, I'm getting, you know, obviously a lot more excited that this is actually going to be a possibility. This is going to happen. So, um, obviously, I'll, I'll let y'all take it from here. But that's kind of where I was at with that game. Like it was, a, it was a total tale of, of two different halves because that first half was was not pretty at all. We were getting dominated. Um, the Lions, I think, changed a lot of their scheme in the second half. They weren't running the ball that like they were in the first half, which I was surprised. We they were giving up seven, eight yards of run. Like, why were you even throwing the ball on, on fourth down? Run it, because they were killing us. Um, and then they changed their defensive scheme. They In the first half, they were sort of playing, matching our personnel. They changed it in the second half for whatever reason, and we started moving the ball on them. Uh, we made a big change on the defensive side that wasn't really talked about much. That I think was probably the biggest key in the entire game is they took Shavarius Ward, who's our best corner. He's our lockdown corner. He's the one that guards DK Metcalf whenever we play DK Metcalf. I think he was taking A.J. Brown when we played the Eagles. They moved him on to Anmon Ross St. Brown in that second half, even when he went into the slot, which Javarius Ward doesn't typically go into the slot. Anmon Ross St. Brown did not have a catch in that second half. And the two passes that they had to throw to their receivers for those fourth downs were to Reynolds, who dropped those passes. And had that been Anmon Ross St. Brown, he would have caught those passes. So I think that was a big move that we made in the second half that wasn't talked about a whole lot. 
But Shavarius Ward really was the MVP on that defense because he changed everything when he went to Amon Ra and he followed him all across the line of scrimmage. So uh, that was one of the biggest keys for me. Go ahead. You want to go? Okay. Yeah. Only thing I'll say is Dan Campbell, take the point. You can kick field goal. It's like he completely forgot the rules. Oh, he thought he was playing. It's like he's like he. Oh, we got to go. We got to score touchdowns. And I understand the aggressiveness, but I think the psychological factor of uh, they're up fourteen, they go for it on fourth down, so they're kicking the field goal. Like the 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 psychological aspect of knowing that the 49ers, you're up three possessions instead of just two. I think that gives you the opportunity to breathe. So if that same thing happened again with Ayuk in the catch. Now we're all, it's still like there's still some buffer. Like, all right, where that happened, it probably won't happen again. We're still up two possessions. For me, that's where they lost the game. Like, again, just the, the mental of knowing we're up three possessions in the middle of the third. How many more possessions are the 49ers going to get? I think that changes the outlook of the game. But, you know, Dan just wants to keep going for it. I mean, that's what made him who he is. But, God. I hate watching that second half. Like I waited, I started making dinner and I came back and I was like, oh, what the fuck is happening here? Excuse my language. I, I don't want to scare anyone's children, but I was like, dog, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and it's like, it's the lions, right? Like, like Kyle said, it's the loser lions. And it started to sit in. Oh yeah. These are the Detroit lions. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to start off by saying this, <clears throat> Dan Campbell. I'm familiar with your game. My friend. So familiar that I've seen it before. Where? Okay. Me when I play Madden. What happened to Dan <laughs> Campbell is what happens to me when I play Madden. My first halves, oh, brother, I'll be smoking people. Because I, I, I like to balance out the offense. Run, I'll run it three straight downs, get the first down. Next, next set of downs, I'm going to just pass it three straight downs, get the first down. Now I'm up. I'm, I'm up now. Now I'm just playing with house money. Dan Campbell was out there playing Madden. Because, like me, he went up, and at half, he's thinking he big shit. So, similar to me and my Madden Ultimate Team, when I'm when I'm up, now I'm just trying to kick you while you're down. Now, now I'm just now I'm just trying seventy yard bombs just just for the fuck of it. Now I'm going for it on fourth and twelve just for the fuck of it. Now I'm playing a video game trying to build the Ultimate Team. Dan Campbell's out here playing with real house money trying to win a Lombardi Trophy. So, the, I'm gonna start by saying Dan Campbell, when you're up. 14 17 or whatever and all you need is a field goal let's just start by taking the points let's let's just start by taking the points now here's where maybe certain things weren't dan campbell's fault josh reynolds you had not one but you had two drops on fourth downs check his fan duel account someone yeah. the league check that man fan duel account he didn't win nobody money. He, he, he took the under on his catches and was like, I'm getting too close. I, I can't to do this. Under. So, yeah, Josh Reynolds, your, your two drops, huge. Secondly, Jameer Gibbs, brother, oh. you just can't fumble. You, 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 you can't fumble in those type of situations. You can't fumble in those. Type of, I think they scored like two plays later, literally two plays later. Yes. Can't fumble in those type of situations. Thirdly. And I'm going to bring it back to you, Dan Campbell, because even I know that in Madden, you don't touch those timeouts. You fucked up when you burnt that first timeout in that fourth quarter, fourth or third quarter in that second half. That's when you fucked up because even, even when you're trying to make the stop to, to then try to either tie the game or, or take the lead, you don't even have enough timeouts there. If you stop them on first and second down, if they, if they do anything on third down, you, you're stuck. 
You're and that's, I mean, that's kind of what happened. I think what got Dan Campbell and the Lions to the NFC Championship game was their aggressiveness. Yeah. I think the 49ers just kind of flipped that aggressiveness on them in the second half. Because all he takes is okay, we like Jeff said, we get the we get the three points on our opening drive. Now we just got to play some sound defense. Well, if y'all are gonna if we're gonna play sound defense and y'all just can't move the ball, you know, past past our fifty, and you're gonna go for it on fourth down. Oh, brother, now you're just shortening the field for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shortening the field for us. It, God, that's 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 tough, and it makes me wonder like. What did Dan Campbell see or was not seen from his defense from the first, I mean, in that second half, like before the unraveling started? Or maybe he saw something in the first half where he was just like, I don't even want to put my defense in that position. If we're going to win this, we're just going to win this on offense. I mean, that's been the case all year, though, right? I mean, Shanahan is going to figure it out. Let's, I know I give Shanahan a hard time, but he's going to figure it out at some point or another. So, So if you're Dan Campbell, I get it, right? Like, we're going to have to keep scoring. Kyle is going to figure because the defense is weak anyway, especially the pass defense. Like Kyle's going to figure you out at some point. So I get the aggressiveness, but again, like sometimes you can just kick field goals. I, I swear it's like he forgot the rules. It's like, yeah, dog, you can kick field goals. Yeah. Just, because really, if they take what they went for it on like two or three fourth downs in the in the in the second half, if they two. if they kick the field two, yeah. So if they kick the field goal. You're I mean, up 17, you're up three possessions. And yep. if you're not going to kick the field goal, then at the end of the half, go for the knockout. Like at the end of the half, I think he made the right decision in kicking the field goal. But if you're going to keep that aggressiveness in the third, you might as well just go for the, you might, the as well, you might as well have done in the second and said, screw it. We're going for the knockout. And now you're up 28 to seven. But I, I'm glad he took the points there. Sometimes you just got to take the point. I know analytics say go, but sometimes just take the points. Yeah, and the other thing with the with the not taking the field goal too is not only are you not obviously getting any any points, but you're giving us who are the home team momentum and the yeah. crowds behind it. You know, we just got a fourth down stop. We're all excited and you know hyped up, and it just switched the momentum completely because that first half they took it out of us. That crowd was yeah. quiet because they were just running over us like it was nothing, and that those two stops on fourth down really turned things around. So, Jeff, I'm going to ask you, did Brock Purdy beat the game manager accusations? So, I don't know if y'all have seen, you know, I obviously follow a lot of uh, 49ers TikToks and Twitter accounts and everything else. And the the 49ers players have now taken this game manager thing and sort of turned it into a positive. And they keep talking about like, oh, he didn't Purdy manage to win that game. And they just put the word manage and everything they talk about when they talk about Brock Purdy. They're, you know, kind of supporting their guy. Uh, but one thing I've always kind of said with this with this game manager label and how how negative it is, we don't call losing quarterbacks game managers, right? So if you're a game manager, you're winning games. So I don't know why it's such a negative thing. And you don't like when we talk about quarterbacks, it's the only one that we were talking about being a system quarterback. He's a system quarterback. But any other position on this on the field, if you're not running the system, you're probably not getting playing time, right? Like we said, he's a system linebacker who makes all the right reads and gets all the tackles, but he's not a playmaker. Or you're a system wide receiver that runs all the right routes and reads the defenses the way you're supposed to. We don't ever put that label on any other position, just on quarterback. To me, quarterback is a system because obviously you control everything on the field. So being a system quarterback or a game manager, that's what you're supposed to do. And then three or four times a game, you make the play 
that you have to make, whatever it be. In this case, I think with Brock Purdy, it was those three runs that got first downs. He he managed the game the way he was supposed to. He made his right reads. He went to where he was supposed to go on the field. He read the defenses pre-snap. He knew where to go with the ball. And then those few plays that broke down where he had to make a play, you know, just like Patrick Mahomes, usually with Mahomes, it's like rolling out and finding Kelsey down the field somewhere. Brock Purdy made the plays when he had to. So in my opinion, game manager isn't necessarily a bad thing, even though we want to make it sound like a bad thing. I, I think game manager means you're a winner. They, you know, they've called every, you know, Alex Smith was a winner. I know he didn't win the Super Bowl, but he won a lot of games and he was the ultimate game manager. Even Tom Brady early in his career was a game manager. Um, you know, it wasn't until later on when he had Randy Moss and the offense was high flying, but early on in his career, he's a game manager. He just made the right reads, put the ball where he's supposed to do, get the ball in your playmaker's hands and let things happen. And, you know, the fact that we take away from uh, Brock Purdy because he has Debo Samuel and because he has Ayuk and because he has Kittle and because he has Christian McCaffrey, he isn't the only quarterback in the league that has a lot of weapons. I mean, you look at your Eagles, right? I mean, you y'all have basically the same thing we have. You got two really good receivers. You got a good running back. You got one of the best tight ends in the NFL. No one's taking away from what Jalen Hurts does because of your pieces around you. No one's talking about his weapons. So why? Well, I mean, they just they just they just push his ass into the. Here we go. Here we go. Oh brother. I mean, I think I think the the whole game manager thing has been a little bit blunt of proportion. And like I said, I don't look at it as a negative. I like. We're not, we're not calling Zach Wilson a game manager, right? Because he loses games. Uh, yeah, to be a game manager, you got to win games. And I, I think I watched I uh, something on ESPN where I think Brock Purdy 17 and four as a starter or something like that. And they're like, take any other quarterback, you know, and put them in Brock Purdy's spot. Are they still going to be 17 and four? Like, how much better could Brock Purdy be? Like, four games better? You know what I mean? Like, are we, if we put Josh Allen in Brock Purdy's spot, you know, maybe does he go. 16 or 18 and three maybe he's one game better um so i think you know 17 and four is a pretty damn good record and and you know people say, oh you can put any quarterback in that in that system and it'll work well it hasn't because you know before jimmy g got there we were a terrible team you know we had weapons you know there's weapons there that, at that time too but we couldn't get a quarterback right we kept drafting guys and it's the same system we were running back then that we're running now. And those quarterbacks didn't do well. The few times that Sam Darnold has come into the game, he hasn't looked very good either. Um, So I think a lot of extra hate has been put on Brock Purdy and I don't understand it because usually, you know, America likes the underdog and he's the ultimate underdog, you know, seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant, the whole nine, but somehow the, 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 the the whole narrative is flipped now. And there's like a hate going towards Brock Purdy because he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's doing his job. Sorry, I, I, I talked for a while there, Danny. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm raising my hand saying I'm the leader of the hate brigade. That's me. <laughs> I might be vice I, president. I, on. I am him. I. Uh, do you want to go, D? Like, I, nah, everything I, Jeff said ahead, is brother. right. Jeff, ahead, you're bro. right, Jeff. 100% Brock Purdy can only do what he's asking. He's been doing that at a very high level. He's going to the Super Bowl, and somehow that pass to IU. It's like that shit only happens to him. He throws like three balls every single game that should, should be, be taken to the house and someone just drops it. He dead gets ass. Like I don't dead in the hands. Just drop dead it. in the hands. Yeah. I'm Looking at you, Darnell Savage. Looking at you. But, but you know, he, but then he makes plays like the game against uh, the Packers there, where he hit the guy in the middle of three defenders. Yeah, drops it over top of him, right into the middle. Then you know he makes plays like that. And like I said, he made some plays with his legs in this past game, which is something he hasn't done all season. 
He he made three huge. He did do that. That I was like, okay, 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 Brock Purdy, go ahead. (laughs) He can only do what is asked of him at a high level, and that's what he's been doing. And for that, I can be objective. But from a hater standpoint, (laughs) man, every like every game, it's like, man, that should have been a pick. Who was he looking at? What is that? He just keeps getting away with it. He just keeps some of it just keep getting away. I don't know what he has a leprechaun in his pocket. I don't know what it is. But he yeah, never has to pay for his mistakes. Good for him. He's gonna get paid. Is he? A, is he gonna get a new contract this offseason or is it next year? I would think that after winning the Super Bowl, they don't have to pay him. I think they oh, might not, not. Oh, calling your shot. Okay, I heard that. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. So, of course, you have the 49ers winning. See, and this is where we go when no one's going to take any quarterback over Mahomes. When we talk about Brock Purdy, for me, it's like what quarterback? Like, where is he on the list of? Okay, I would take him. And I can get to at least like nine names before I start thinking about ninety. I can probably get to twelve names before I think about Brock Purdy, and that's where it comes for me. We're not talking about that today. Mahomes versus Brock Purdy. Jeff, are you gonna take Brock Purdy over Mahomes in that matchup? No, no. There's there's okay. no way. I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes, and there's nobody that you're taking over Mahomes. And in, in any, you know, whether we're talking real football, fantasy football, whatever it may be, it's Mahomes. I mean, he's he's the greatest right now. So yeah, there's there's no no debate there for me at all. Yeah, for I, me, this think, is. Go ahead. Go ahead, my bad. I was going to say, I think in in this quarterback matchup, it's. I mean, this isn't really a. You know what I mean, this is this. The, the, I think if we were just the tail of the tape for this 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 QB matchup is truly David versus Goliath because, you know, David is him been been that dude, one of the few people who've who've been able to knock off the goat in the post. Well, never in the postseason, but he's been able to knock off the goat. A well, few Mahomes times. is Goliath in this one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. David would be Brock Purdy. Yeah, I, I got it mixed up. Yeah, Goliath. I mean, he's went toe to toe with the goat. He's already beaten this team in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's he's he beat him badly last time they matched up in the regular season. I think the Goliath here is clearly the is Mahomie in in terms of quarterback play. Um, this is more interesting to me. Shanahan versus Andy Reid. It's kind of like who. Yeah, it's uh, Andy Reid's one of the greatest play calls that ever lived. Shanahan is is definitely on that path. Like it's, I don't want to say because Andy Reid was never Shanahan's never worked on a Reid staff, right? It's not like a mentor versus the mentee, no. but it's kind of like two great play calls of a generation, like going against each other and going wit for wit. So, out of those two, who would you guys take? <sighs> this is this one's. I really had to think about this one. You're talking about Jeff, zero, you want to go first? Game? I was going to let D go first this time. Talk, we're talking about a zero zero game. Zero. I mean, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be zero zero. Well, I thought we were maybe talking about maybe situationally because there might be. Nope. Yo, if I'm up twenty four. Is... I'm up twenty four to seven. Oh, give me, give me, give me Shanahan. Give me Shanahan. No, it's going to be talking about. Quick. We talking about from the jump zero zero first quarter. You get to pick one. I'm going to go Andy Reid, but here, but here, but here's why because I feel like. I'll put I'll paint a scenario. Super Bowl comes. Chiefs win the coin toss. I don't think they defer. I think they take the ball. And I think should. I think you take the ball and you, you you try to score early. Let these guys know <laughs> we 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 are we are the Chiefs. And then I say that because I believe one of the best ways to beat the 49ers, in my opinion, you got to start punching them in the mouth and just start scoring. And then you got to make them play from behind because I don't. 
I, I, I don't think they're really built to be from behind. Now, obviously, I say that their last two games, they've been from they've had to come from behind to win both of those games. But I was <laughs> I would say this. This is not Jordan Love and the very young Packers. And this is not the Dan Gamble and the roll the dice Lions. This is Andy Reid and the Chiefs. So they're going to get cute. They're going to get gimmicky. They're going to get motiony here, motiony there. But when it comes time to putting the ball in the end zone, they're gonna follow. They're gonna find a way to put the ball in the end zone. So I would. I'm gonna go with Andy Reid because I think the first 15 to 30 plays from Andy Reid in that offense might be a little bit better than the first 15 to 30 plays from the Niners. So I will believe it or not, will also take Andy Reid uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, you know, we've heard the whole stat. You know, when they beat the Packers. That was the first time that they've won a game in 30 games. They've won by being down seven points in the fourth quarter. Uh, we know about, I know that he wasn't the head coach, but we know about the 28 to three Atlanta Falcons. He was the offensive coordinator <laughs> there. Uh, he was the coach of the 49ers last time they played the chiefs. And we, you know, gave up a lead in the fourth quarter there as well. So Andy Reid has now done it. You know, it's, it was a while that took him a while to get there. Couldn't do it with Philly, but he has now won the big game. Um, and, I think Andy Reid, you know, as much as I love Shanahan, I think Andy Reid knows how to adapt his game plan to the players that he has on his team. And I think Shanahan wants to pigeonhole whoever is his quarterback is and his offensive skill players into his system. And I don't mm. think he's quite as as flexible as figuring out how to make them work. I think Shanahan wants these kind of guys in his system, run the system, you know, even with Jimmy G, it's like, you know, when you hit your back foot, you're hitting this read no matter what. This is what you're going to do where I think Andy Reid has a little bit more flexibility, like, okay, we got this skill player, we got this skill player, how can we maximize this guy's, you know, talent to make things work? And, you know, his look at his offenses over the years, I mean, going back to Philly to now, they're not the same. You know, he had different skill players. Back. Yeah, they're they're not what they were then. So I think he's he's done a good job in his career just to kind of mold himself to where his players are. Uh, D, I'm glad you talked about Andy Reid's opening game script. That's where I was going to lead. Like Andy Reid, that is his jam. Like the, his first, I think it's like 10 to 30 plays. That's his jam. I would take Reid too, but the gap isn't as big as I think people would think. Yeah. As as much grief as I get, as much grief as I give Kyle Shanahan for his clock management and how we're supposed to worship him because he uses a fullback. I will say his run schemes, I think yeah, dog, we, they talk about Shannon just because he puts his fullback on a real, a wheel route every five weeks. I'm supposed to worship the ground he walks on. Anyway, his, <laughs> his, his run schemes, like the angles he uses, like you can run the ball on Kansas City, and if anyone is going to find a way to run the ball outside zone, attack the edges, run away from Chris Jones, I don't think they're going to run at Chris Jones. I will say in the Ravens game, one thing Spags did, which I thought was genius, he put uh, Chris Jones as a, as on the decent end. A couple, yeah. yeah, like I thought that was, and he got some really decent pass rushes, so I thought that was really genius. I don't think Kyle's going to run right at Chris Jones. I think he's going to put Chris Jones in a spot where he has to make a decision, and that decision is going to be wrong. So like, I I just think Kyle's, Kyle's ability to scheme up um, the run game for Christian McCaffrey. Like that might be the equalizer in this game, but I'm still taking Andy Reid. And I'm with you. If Chiefs win the coin toss, you take the ball, you go score. Look, I thought I told I I, I, I told Matt LaFleur what to do. And, 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 and it worked. Close. It worked in Dallas. It, it did work in Dallas. Jeff, I got a question for you. So you 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 obviously remember a few years ago when you guys played the the 49ers, not 49ers, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. 
What do you think, if anything, are some of the biggest takeaways from that game that you think Kyle and and his game plan should take forward playing the Chiefs this time? Obviously, there's no Tyreek Hill, so that's I'll, what I was going to say. It's just thanking God that Tyreek Hill's not on that team anymore because that was that was our backbreaker. Uh, I think you know it, it's hard because it's a different team now, right? They're they're a way better defense than they were then. I mean, their defense won them some games this year. They won that Ravens game, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so there is that, you know, you still have the Patrick Mahomes factor, but without Tyreek Hill, it's not quite as big play as it was uh, when we played them the, 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 a couple years ago. Uh, Travis Kelsey, of course, is still there, but they're a different team now. They, they want to run the ball and play good defense. They got Pacheco, who's a, a, a great running back, play good defense. So I think there's not as much that they can take away um, from that game because I think there's such a different team right now. Other than Kelsey and Mahomes, it's really a totally different team. Mm-hmm. I think Rashi Rice is is you know a, a good receiver, but he is on nowhere near a, a Tyreek Hill type uh, player where you have to like roll coverages his way. You know you're changing your whole defense just to match up with Tyreek Hill. Um, so there, I think that that's the biggest difference between this team and that team is the Tyreek Hill factor. And damn Tyreek Hill. I have a question. So I think last week the matchup was Kyle Hamilton versus Travis Kelsey. Jeff, do you think Fred Warner is going to be able? Because there are going to be some situations where Andy's going to try to isolate Travis Kelsey to get man coverage or try to do something to get him some one on ones. Do you think Fred Warner can hold his own enough for the the Niners to win that game? I do, and it's because that I think if 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 I was running this defense, I'm taking Shavarius Ward, who I just told you took mm-hmm. Amon Ra St. Brown out of the game in the you know this past game. You put him on Rashi Rice. I say that's the best wide receiver. You take him out. Now we can run bracket coverage on Kelsey. You know, have Warner underneath, a safety over the top. Make Patrick Mahomes beat us with other players. Because those are the two guys, right? I mean, I think they obviously Pacheco's there as well, the check downs and running game. But I think they ultimately want to pass the ball. And if you can bracket coverage. Now, Fred, uh, Fred Warner actually leads the NFL in pass percentage against. So players that he defends as the primary defender – uh, he leads the NFL in as far as linebackers go, middle linebackers. So mm-hmm. he has that. He is one of the best cover linebackers in the NFL. So if there's anybody that can slow down Travis Kelsey, it'll be Fred Warner. But I do think that they're going to still roll coverages his way. I think they will have a safety over the top. We play mostly zone, except when we have Shavarius Ward shadow their best player. So if they take Shavarius Ward, put them on Rashi Rice, and they're just going to bracket coverage Kelsey, and then say, Mahomes, you're going to have to pass it to MVS. You're going to have to pass it to – you know, whoever Justin, else Watson. Have field, yeah. Justin Watson or whoever the other players are, beat us with those guys because Rashi Rice and Travis Kelsey are not going to be the ones to beat us. Funny, funny enough, I was just ready to say I could definitely see them game planning for Travis Kelsey and Rashi Rice. It's damn NVS who might pop out for like six, six receptions, 120 yards and a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That would be hilarious. Um, What's the I fan? Do. What's the fan duel over under for that? Now, now we're talking. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I even want to look because you might you might get me to throw five dollars at it. Um, I don't know. Do you guys have any early predictions for the game? This is going to pain me to say this, and I'll just say it, and then I'll be quiet. I think the 49ers are going to win, and I'll take it a step further and say Debo Samuel wins Super Bowl MVP. That really hurts to say. Whew. Yeah, I'm glad one of us said it because I'm not taking that bait at all. Here's what here's my early prediction. I think I know how the game's gonna go. I think San Francisco is gonna come out early and score 10 points. Just go up 10 0. 
They're going to go into the half, probably up 10 to 3. And I can see the 49ers losing 24 to 10. From your lips to God's ears. I'd rather see a Patrick Mahomes dynasty than Brock Purdy kiss the Lombardi before Jalen Hurts. Oh, man, I would love, love, love to silence all the haters if Brock Purdy can pull this out. Um, so ideally, obviously, I'm not going to pick the Chiefs. You know, I'm a Niners fan, so I'm not going to sit here and, and try to pretend like I'm going to reverse jinx it and, and pick the Chiefs and say they're going to win. I'm taking my Niners. But what I would really want to see is I want to see a big game from Brock Purdy. Like I watched literally every snap of his for the entire season, even when I was at work and I missed the game. I have NFL Plus, so I'd go back and I'd watch the condensed version in 45 minutes so I could see all the plays. And I think if you watch him as closely as I have, you're going to see that he is not the game manager that y'all think he is or that he's been labeled as. He can make those big plays, and I just hope that the that the the game is not too big for him, being so young, being you know, the, the, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, the whole nine. I hope it doesn't get to him. I hope he comes out and plays the way that I think he can play. No, I guess you're saying. Show, to show all the haters that, hey, you know what? I'm not just a game manager. Ayuk, I, I don't know if y'all know this, but Ayuk led the NFL in yards per catch. You he's nice. He's you nice. Don't do that with the game manager, right? You know, Alex Smith is not throwing those passes that Ayuk, where I think Brock Purdy is. And he's, he, he uh, Ayuk was one of our go-to players, especially when Diva was out for a few games. So, I, I, that's why I hope it goes. I hope Brock Purdy not only comes out, even if we lose, I hope Brock Purdy puts on a game that can silence all the haters and say, you know what? I'm a legit NFL quarterback and I'm here to stay. Oh, you hey, I'll tell the, you what. The Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts performance. <laughs> you want to have the Jalen Hurts game from last year? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> oh, we said the same time. I was like, yeah, I would love for Brock Purdy to have a Jalen Hurts performance. That'd be good for him. He Listen, if he does something like that, he will get paid this offseason. Very handsome. Oh, he gets and paid anyway. He gets paid. I think so too. And, you know, even despite my 49ers, hey, I, I do want people to get paid. So, you know, hopefully, you know, this Except earns Brock Debo. Purdy. I don't want Debo to get paid. Why? <laughs> What's your beef with Debo? What did Debo do? Look at that. You hating on a black man? My brother. I don't like Debo. <laughs> I love Debo. Man. Why? We're not going to talk about it. We Why? Because he, he embarrassed y'all that, that game? <sighs> Go to hell, man. <laughs> Brother, you act like we didn't suffer the same fate. Ours was worse. We had he is a hard. running back. He ain't nothing but a running back. Nah, he he a wide receiver. He a he wide receiver. receiver Trust before me, he, if he was before he became the quote unquote running back. That same year, he had his big year where he became the running back. He had fourteen hundred receiving yards. So I mean, you don't do that as a quote unquote running back. That's a receiver. If I line Christian McCaffrey up in the slot, I bet you he had fourteen hundred receiving yards too. He a running back. <laughs> It's so interesting, though, just just on that Debo point, because since that year, Jeff, I don't know if Debo's had like a year since then. That was what, two, two, three seasons? Hell like no, he hasn't, because my dumb ass draft him every year and every year yeah. I get upset. Yeah, yeah he, he's had some injury. Obviously, last year he was injured from a lot of the years, but this year he's had a pretty good season and they have used him in the backfield. Not quite as often, obviously, than they did that year when they had no running back to hand it off to. Um but they still run those little quick screens off the off the line and say, just go beat the first guy. And, you know, we saw it with the Lions, too. That first guy could not bring him down because he is built like a running back. Yeah, he's a hard guy to tackle. He's definitely a big guy. And he has, he a, has no neck. Yeah, he has no neck. Pause. Um, okay, so I got I to gotta go back because the, the chat's been going crazy. And there was, there, there was one comment from my guy, Kyle. He says, I can't wait for Brock Purdy to win Super Bowl MVP. That will really piss people off. I want I want to ask you guys who do you think would be the most pissed off like or who are some of the most 
who are some of the sports personalities or sports figures that you think would be most pissed off by Brock Purdy winning Super Bowl MVP? Nick Wright, number one. <laughs> Colin Cowherd. Cowherd number two. He would do the post game interview with his hat backwards, and it would it would kill him. It would kill him. <laughs> Shannon Sharp. Oh, Skip Shannon Bayless. gonna be tight. Skip Bayless would love it. Ryan Clark. Ryan. Clark. Oh yeah, Ryan. Well, Clark. Ryan, Ryan has kind of backed off. Mon yesterday, Ryan kind of said Brock has separated himself from like the two is in the Dax because he wins big games. So I think I think Ryan has kind of hedged his bet already. So if that does happen, he's like, hey man. I've already submitted. I'm trying to think who else would hate. I would hate big time. Lots of oh, hate I, from me. I would hate. I'm 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 gonna throw a name out there. What I what I don't get what I don't get is where is this Brock Purdy hate coming from? Like people are somehow hating Brock Purdy more than they're hating Patrick Mahomes, who Oh, I got hate for him too. There's I plenty mean, of hate for both of them. So there should be like a rooting interest, you know. For Brock Purdy, at some point, I we got to beat the big I, bad Mahomes. I can't root against Mahomes. I can't. I just can't root I'd, against. I'd, I'd rather, Only I'd rather, playing against the Packers. Yeah, I'd rather see the Mahomes dynasty continue than see Brock Purdy kiss a Lombardo for Jalen Hurts. Honestly, I don't even think people dislike Brock Purdy. I think people don't like Kyle Shanahan. I, I I'm gonna be honest. I, I think that's where it comes from. So like that hate just I gets extended so to Brock Purdy. Yeah. Like I don't think. I think like if Brock Purdy was like the QB of the fucking Jets. The Jets and they went nine and eight and made a playoff game. And that's rookie of the year right there. That's like I'm not even bullshitting. That'd be rookie of the year. But because under you know, Kyle Shanahan and people don't like Kyle Shanahan or don't think he's that good of a coach, they just that hate Kyle Shanahan team. never gets the smoke for the chokes. Yeah, he yeah. always gets to dot like like you said the twenty eight to three. That's him. That is all Kyle. And he just like, damn, that's crazy. This must be. He the got problem. a head coaching job the very next year too. Didn't the he? very next day, he didn't even leave the arena and had a super a coaching job. Yeah. That, for me, that's the that's the distaste to Kyle Shanahan. He never has to pay for his sins the way other coaches do. <laughs> he just gets to walk away. Like he did all that to get Trey Lance. How many games did Trey play, Jeff? Ah, uh, not enough. Four. Four, and then he's like, "Man, I don't like this kid. Let me trade him to Dallas for a stick of bubble gum." It's like, "Oh, it's just Cal. He's fine. Like he gets to do things. Like he does. He does things. Bill Belichick does without the wings." To be fair, Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. It was, uh, it was someone said that earlier, and yeah, ooh, it was buddy. the GM that wanted uh, Trey Lance, and actually the guy who was the assistant GM that is now the GM of the Commanders was actually the guy that picked Brock Purdy. If if he had his way, he'd have picked Brock Purdy in the third or fourth round. But they waited to the seventh round. He was still sitting there. And they were kind of like, oh, well, last pick in the draft. We'll take your guy. And he That's was the reason cool. that we got Brock Purdy. So he's actually the one that picked that that pick. Shout out to that guy. That's why he's a GM in, in Washington. All you need is one Washington. good player on your GM roster that you can say, no, I drafted this guy. You'll get, yep. a, you'll get, you'll get a GM Would you job. guys, if someone offered you the GM role in Washington, would you take it? Oh, I got – I got uh, – yes. I, I got – now yeah. with the new owner, I don't know about before with Snyder because you 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 know you were going to fail. There was no hope you were going to yeah. fail. Yeah, but and this new owner, is, man, and oh, your yeah. name might be in a sexual harassment case at yeah, some point. Exactly. In time yeah. but under this new management, nah, I'd I'd, I'd be a GM because I listen. It all starts with the QB. I'm going to Sam Howell on my first day. I'm saying, hey brother, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the fuck up out of here. You won't be our quarterback next year. 
You will not be our quarterback, Nick. Guaranteed. I don't care if I got to suit up my damn self. You will not be our quarterback, Nick. Wow, that's a lot of hate for Sam Howe. I don't think, yo. I need Commanders fans out here to know, and Danny, you know we're we're from Virginia, so we got we know a lot of them. I need I Commanders fans to just really accept oh, yeah, Sam Howell is not good. I'm right here in Washington D.C., like I'm literally like 30 minutes away from Washington. You too, Jeff. Sam Howell is not good. That is, if uh, listen, that team employed. Yeah, but, yeah, but you ever hear the critiques about year. Joel Embiid and like the empty stats? Like this guy just puts up numbers against bad teams that's how i feel about sam howell this guy's always putting up numbers because this this guy's always putting his team like two or three scores from behind and now we're just trying to throw him what throw his way out of it like yo this guy has 350 yards passing three touchdowns and three interceptions what you didn't see was yo they were down 17-0 deep yeah. into the third quarter like what are we talking about this is like a this is this guy's not good not good that team uh, employed carson wentz let them fans have whatever sliver of hope they can get. Yeah, why do you think teams don't want to take QBs? Like, how do I say this? Not they don't want to take it, but they'd rather risk the free agency pool of QBs versus just biting the bullet and drafting one and just seeing how it works out. Yeah. So I've always said this, and it's very unconventional, but every other position, I know a quarterback is the most important position, but every other position in the NFL, when you're drafting, I mean, the Packers have known for they drafted three receivers in a draft. Why don't you draft more than one quarterback? Like, Oh, now you're talking. The commanders did it, and it worked out, right? Kirk Cousins ended yeah. up being the better quarterback over RG3. Obviously, injury played a part in that. But open competition, why do we have to anoint the first-round pick as you are for sure fire the starter? Like, Why not just take two? You only need one to be good. Once you have your quarterback. The other ones are relevant. You're exactly you're 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 golden and you can start filling around them, but you need that quarterback to be to be anything. You cannot be a good team without a quarterback. So until I have my quarterback, I'm just gonna keep drafting quarterbacks until I land one. It worked for Pete Carroll. Absolutely. They went and got the free agent, the big name free agent, and then Russell Wilson showed up like, hey, I'm pretty good. And then I mean it worked for the Packers too. Like, I don't a lot of teams, their biggest mistake is they always draft a quarterback when they need one. Shout out to the teams out here that just go and draft quarterbacks when you don't need one. Let's go. Howie Roseman, up. God bless you. Go ahead. What will Howie Roseman do? That's what he does. Howie Roseman drafts a quarterback like every other year. Yeah. Like this year's Terry McKee, Terry McKee the Packers back are up the, this year. Poster boys for that, right? The yeah, Packers, the Packers are the. Don't because know what a bad quarterback is in Green Bay. Don't know what that life is like. Because if you got a Hall of Fame quarterback and you know you don't, you still got a few more years of them. Let, let's go draft. Let's go draft the young buck and let's just have him watch. Like, there's we don't need you to come in this year and be the guy, but we just need you to come in each year and get a little bit better. And that way, if your number gets called, Aaron Rodgers hurts a rib and we got to throw you into a game in Philly, you won't go out there and look too starstruck. He looked a little bit starstruck, but. He played a game that game against Philly. You remember that? Remember the game against Kansas City when he played? First time he played against Patrick Mahomes. He had he handled his business. Now the Chiefs end up winning that game, but they handled his business. I, I've just never understood that. Like drafting a quarterback when you need one. So now all the pressure is on this this guy to be the guy. And now now you're just. I mean, that's way too much pressure, especially with the way the NFL goes. Like, yeah, with the rookie contracts, like Bam said in the chat there. The rookie contracts, the quarterback used to handicap you. If you missed on a quarterback, 
Yeah. You paid him a huge contract. You were handicapped for years. Now you move on. I mean, the Cardinals what drafted a, a first round quarterback Rosen and moved on from him the very next very season. Next year, Kyler Murray. It's not I as still important. I don't like how they did him, but yeah, <laughs> they did him dirty. But yes, they, it's not a big deal as it used to be. You can you could you know draft two quarterbacks if there's two. I'm not saying force it, but if there's a deep quarterback class and you can reach on a quarterback in the third or fourth round when you've already taken your first round quarterback and the mm-hmm. third round quarterback might end up being better. Why not? Because mm-hmm. you can get sure you can get a receiver there, you can get a linebacker there, you can get whatever. But if you don't have your quarterback, those skill players are going to mean nothing. So it doesn't nothing. matter. Nothing. And if you do not believe us, ladies and gentlemen, you don't even have to go far in the NFL to look. I just want you to look at what's going on in Pittsburgh right now. That the, yeah. there are fifty-two men who are begging Mike Tomlin, please, please, please find us a quarterback, especially George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. That's all we – yo, imagine being like wide receivers on these type of teams where you just know that if you guys got a quarterback, y'all will be straight. I know the Jets were so sick on 9-11. So sick. You watch – your QB comes out there holding the flag, running out in the Oh, field. you meant 9-11 last – I thought you meant September 11, 2000. Man, we all were a little they bit sick They played a game on 9-11. Day. Come on, Yeah, yeah, brother. yeah. I got you. Come it on. took me a second. I got bars. I got a few bars. I got a few bars. You watch your QB run out on the field with the flag on 9-11. This brother doesn't even make it through a full offensive series. Tears his Achilles. Well, you know what that is? That's that terrible field at MetLife. Maybe. Just maybe. I mean, that could be. That could also be my my man. But I I would also say my man's also up there in age. So That too. He's not a spring chicken. Not a spring chicken. All right, you guys ready to talk a little NBA? We've we've been an hour strong on, on NFL. We can do some our quick hitter section, Jeff. So you know we like to do big deal or no deal. We're still deep in the NFL season, so usually we we've been using this as of late to talk a little NBA. Um, let's start right in Brooklyn. So reports are coming in that Ben Simmons. <laughs> I I can't say this for straight. Reports are coming in that Ben Simmons might be returning to an NBA court soon. Danny, is this a big deal or no deal? Who gives a rip? <laughs> I don't care. He still can't shoot. I didn't he even know a, he was still in the league. I, I thought he oh, was. Oh, man. He is a ski mask Hall of Famer. First Listen. it was Brock Eisweiler. Now it's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons oh, gets paid to play six games a year. He hurt his back. Every year, and then he's gone, and then he just get he turns the bench into a fashion show. I don't care. That brother, he, that brother, do be fresh as hell on the bench. This is what I'm gonna say. This is not a big deal, but what I think is a big deal, if you know Ben Simmons and you know how he's been a ski mask Hall of Famer in the NBA these last few years, then I think all of us can take time to think about our own jobs because we know a Ben Simmons. We all know a Ben Simmons. And if you don't know who the Ben Simmons is in the office, you are the Ben Simmons. You are Ben Simmons. <laughs> if you can't think of that person off the top, you are Ben Simmons. If you if you gotta think about who might the Ben Simmons of, huh. of my office be, you who might have to do, do nothing. Hey, but shout out to the Ben Simmons of the world because Listen, they don't do nothing for about what I'd say seven, eight months out of the year. But yep. the three months that they work in, oh brother, you're getting generational numbers. You're like, oh man, that guy's got potential. Really productive, right? They they always fall in love with the potential. Potential. Wow. Chuck listen. really knows his way around a spreadsheet. 
Do you see how fast he put that PowerPoint up for us? <laughs> Do you see how he just like was able to just jump in and just present this work so eloquently? Man, this guy, he might be something. Like, yeah, we, nah. we need to talk to him. And then Christmas comes, hit the reset button, Chuck the reset back button. January, and he good until the 4th of July. Listen. Listen, one of the worst things you can do is be too good at your job. You you got to have a little BS in you. Just just a smidge because you're too good at your job. Guess what? You'll never get left alone. Mm-hmm. Ask me how I know. How you know? Because that's me. Listen, <laughs> listen, brother, I've been there. I'm still there sometimes. Um, Listen, one of my other favorite things, speaking of the NBA, with the NBA trade, trade deadline approaching, one of the... Uh, one of the best things that I love watching is how as soon as this mid-February time frame comes on, you see players play like they have never played before. You have you you see guys who average maybe five to six points a game. They start kicking up for about 15 to 20 right around mm-hmm. that trade deadline. So we're going to take this off basketball, guys. What are some things that happen in our lives that can make That'll make you just act right. Maybe you've been slacking off a little bit. Something happens, and now you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I got to get back on it. I'll let you go first, Danny. I I got got, got a couple. D, you go first. Listen, I'm going to start this one off. This might sound a little toxic. But when I see my exes pop up with new men, I'm going to be honest with you. When I see one of my exes pop up with a new man... (laughs) I, I, just, I that's when I'm like, yo, I gotta get back in my bag. I gotta, oh. I gotta start kicking. I gotta start living my. I gotta start doing better with my life. Now, I know some people are like, what? Why would you say that, ladies? If you're listening to this, just let let, let the brothers talk real quick, fellas. Just paint the picture. You would a fine pyt. She's a pretty pretty fine young woman. Y'all go y'all separate ways. You, mm-hmm. you take a little bit of time, but you manage to get back on your feet. You get you're starting to get your confidence back. You get on IG, maybe like three, four months later, you see her booed up, posted up. Now she every time she go to a restaurant, it's always two plates and two dishes, two mm. cups. The worst. Now you just sitting there shaking your head. It'll make you get into your bag. It's like, now nah, I gotta go a little bit harder. Come on, my brothers, my brothers in here. Before I know y'all are married men, but I, come on, I've, back in your day. I've been out the game ten years, but y'all act like I'm in the game, but I still know. I, I remember, I remember. And then you go talk to her friend, so her I've friend been can the, tell I've her. Been out the game so long that Instagram wasn't a thing when I was out, when I was oh, in the game, so <laughs> it was a lot harder to see on Instagram when there was your letters. <laughs> Some may say you're lucky. You got out the game early because Instagram came around and it's been ruining relationships since. And shout out to Meta. Shout out to Meta. Um, I would say go talk to her friend. Oh, man. All right. Let's go into some WWE talk. I don't have I don't have a lot more NBA talk. Listen, Jeff, the Royal Rumble was this weekend. I don't I don't know if you're a WWE guy, but the Royal Rumble was this weekend. I know absolutely nothing about WWE. <laughs> Me and Danny will take this one. Me and Danny will take this one. Danny, listen, the Royal Rumble was one of my favorite events of the year. It's it's such a unique match. You just throw guys over, last guy in the ring, 
you're going to WrestleMania for a chance to win a WWE. I mean, for a chance uh, to main event WrestleMania. Yeah. So this year we had the men's and we had the women's. Now I will say yep. this: I thought the women's Royal Rumble, I thought it was really good. I was a little Best shocked. Match of the night. I was a little shocked by the winner, but that's how I know it's a good Royal Rumble because I was not expecting Bailey to come out the winner. So I'm going to salute to the women's. Now, let's go over to the men's. That was not what I expected. I, I was upset. I was upset. So here, here's my thing. There was not one surprise guest entry. Everyone in that popped in, I was like, oh, okay. He's here. Oh, okay. He's here. Oh, Cody at 15. CM Punk at this number. Okay, I get it. Where's the surprise? Where's the, where's the 08 John Cena surprise? Holy shit. Like, even number 30 was who? Uh, Kofi Kingston, I believe. And The Miz. And The Miz. So it's like, oh, like uh, okay, like, all right, I guess. Most surprising thing was when I when I found out afterwards that CM Punk at Taurus Tricep. Like, WTF. WTF CM Punk. I don't know. I, I just a little disappointed. I think, you know, I know WWE has had a rough long week with the Vince McMahon uh lawsuit and all that, but hmm. A little just a little underwhelming. I, I do have some takes, but I think I think Jeff, you have to go, right? I gotta get out. Yes, sir. I, I really appreciate y'all having me on, man. It was great to finally come on the show and uh and talk some football with y'all. I, I always love watching your show. I know it's on my network, but uh, I listen to your show in the car on my way home from work sometimes. So I, I appreciate both y'all and what y'all do here. So uh, thanks yeah. for having me on. Yes, sir, Jeff. You. And just know if the Niners win, we're going to want you back. All right. I can do that. A <laughs> couple right, weeks bro. after the win, not right after. No, not the <laughs> well, gonna, after. Yeah, we're going to go live right after the show. Right after the, the Super Bowl's over with, we're going live. I'll be drunk as hell, but uh, we'll do that. <laughs> All right. All right, Appreciate fellas. you, Jeff. Later. Great show. Have a good night. You Later. Too. You too. Danny, so – Again, I'm, I'm going to say this. Here's what I'm going to say. So, Miz, uh, Miz comes out. I think it was Miz Kofi Kingston last two. Something, something like that. Those. Let me tell you something. When it came down to just Cody and CM Punk, that was that was the only time of the Royal Rumble match where I didn't know who was going to win. And then when Cody ended up winning, I was like, oh, wow, they're really doing the, the back-to-back thing. So, that's why they've been pushing the storyline of there's only been X amount of mm-hmm. back-to-back so last like, one okay. was Austin, right? Yeah, the last one was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I don't know. I'm happy for Cody because I do think, you know, Cody's been working hard. He's been carrying, helping carrying the company on his back for the last year. But yeah, I was I was more disappointed for real in the championship match than the men's Royal Rumble because I thought the men's championship match just and it was so flat. Like I thought AJ was going to AJ Styles was going to kick out. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. Like I just, yeah, I thought, I thought there was another five minutes left, and then the match just ended. It's like someone yeah. in the back was like, "Hey guys, we're at time. We're at time. We got to take the fall." Because Randy Orton just rolled out the ring. He's like, "I ain't eating no pin." AJ, yeah, that's you. Yeah, you eat the pin. And where was LA Knight? Like LA Knight, like the last three minutes just was gone. He was just chilling. So I mean, I can tell you about halfway through the match, I was like, "Oh yeah, Roman's not losing this." And oh, I, don't know I knew Roman was going to win from the beginning, but I thought it'd be more intriguing. Like once they did that little shoulder bit, like when they were all on top of each other, but everyone's shoulder was on the ground. I was like, yeah, "This, this is, this is." So, let's play our favorite game. We know, we know, Cody won the yep. whole thing. Yep. 
Who does Roman face at WrestleMania, you think? I think last night Seth's promo to Cody about why he should pick him over Roman just might be enough to sway him. Here's what I think happens, because I know CM Punk tore his triceps. Like, how does WWE bounce back from this? Cody decides to face Seth. He fall, He doesn't fall. He accepts Seth's challenge. Elimination Chamber, because the women of the women's Elimination Chamber is going to face whoever Bailey doesn't pick. And whoever wins the men's Elimination Chamber is going to win whoever Cody doesn't pick. I think you have Solo win the men's uh, championship match, and he go face Roman at WrestleMania. Really? I think that's well, that that's a what I've said it for the past year. The only two people that can take the belt off of Roman, and it makes sense, are Cody and Solo. And I think Solo, like Paul Heyman, kind of weasels his way into getting Solo in the match. Solo wins, and it's the it's the um, Randy Orton Triple H storyline from Evolution. Like Triple H's like, yeah, you take the fall. I remain champion. We keep this thing running, and Solo says, ah. Uh-uh. I'm coming for that belt. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, because I can say that if you've watched the last, <clears throat> some of the last, I mean, Friday Night SmackDowns, you've seen a little bit of the mm-hmm. maybe slight tension between Solo and Roman. So I could definitely see it, see it going there. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know. And Roman draw. has already dubbed Solo the next, like Roman has said, you are the next head of the table. Well, he's not going to give it to you. What Ric Flair say to beat a man, you got to beat the man. Yeah. Do you think there's a world where we get Roman versus Rock versus Solo? Or do you think there's a world where Rock is in Solo's corner? Can can I say something that might upset some fans? Rock ain't coming back. He he sat there and teased about being the head of the table. That boy ain't coming back. You think so? Rock ain't cut. You right. He might be in someone's corner, but Rock ain't stepping in that ring to fight nobody. Y'all ain't going to cut me, that out. You tell me he pulling the Carmelo Anthony pump fake yeah, on the sideline. Yeah, he ain't coming back. Rock ain't coming back. You saw him in that ring with um, what's old boy's name with that promo? Oh, um, not Austin, Austin, Allen. Theory? Austin Theory. The Rock is in great shape, but that boy look. It's difference between in shape and ring shape. Rock looked a little winded after that promo. He that brother was winded. Took him a little bit of time to get that get yeah. that promo line out. Yeah, he ain't come back. What are your thoughts on getting Cody versus Roman again? I wouldn't be mad at that, but WWE has to find a way to pivot after CM Punk because it was going to CM Punk was going to headline WrestleMania in some form or fashion. Like they have to pivot. I think Cody versus Seth is a great match, especially after Seth's promo last night and his plea, like come be a fighting champion. And then you pivot to Solo. I don't know. Maybe Solo. I really think they had. I really think they had Cody versus Seth versus CM Punk like on the docket. I think that was really. I, and I would have loved to see that. So who did you have Roman facing then? Honestly, I didn't know. I Because I, I... who's going to enter the men's rumble? It's going to be Solo? Truthfully, I thought if they had the, the triple threat match for Seth's belt, I thought it was going to be a fatal four-way bloodline match for the Universal title. That would be very, very interesting. Like... Like they find a way to bring Jay back because you know Jay and Jimmy were the first two, so yep. they find a way to bring that beef back and then bring Solo in, and then Roman comes in and says, "You know what? I'm the head of the table." And then someone says, "Well, I think I can, I can win that chip," and that's how it, it all starts. Everyone's like, "Well, I can win the championship too," and I think that's how the Fatal Four Way starts. So I could, without, I wouldn't mind that either. 
But I guess yeah. in the limited inch, it's going to be Orton, Styles, LA Knight. Those two are going to be in the chamber. I think Solo is going to be in the chamber. How many slides? Is it five or six? Six. Four pods, two people start. Oh, yeah. So those three, you know who I really want to see, but he'd have to drop the IC title. I want to see Gunther, Gunther. in there. Yeah. That, granted, it's very giving very Nazi vibes, the Imperial. Like, very big Nazi vibes. But throw Gunther in there. I know Go even if Gunther is in the elimination chamber, I know he's not going to win. He's going to beat the hell out of somebody. I, I, I don't know that he wouldn't win because – who would face him at uh, – Gunther has beaten everybody that – I don't even know who he would face at WrestleMania. It would have to yeah, be like a Drew, Drew McIntyre or something like Drew that. Drew McIntyre is not going to the – speaking of Drew, that promo last night, that was hate. I loved every second of it. Oh, Drew's a – I don't even think that I, – I, Drew's at a point where I don't know if it's the act or – this brother really that might was, be no, That was not an act. That was – I think he truly hates CM Punk, and I 100% understand why. Why? I mean, come on, man. It CM Punk has a way of rubbing people the wrong way. I don't think that's controversial to say. CM Punk is eight month was eight months away from walking out on WWE because he wasn't champion yet. His triceps gave him an early exit. Oh, oh, you like think the, he was gonna you think he was gonna leave? I mean, isn't that what he always does? Like he goes into a company, he stays there 18-ish months. And then some happened, and he out. True, but I think this he, this time I don't know. Felt a little different. It felt like it felt different at AEW. I remember when he premiered in Chicago. I was like, oh man, and he's like forty seven. If I was Drew, I'd be like, yo, go home and be a family man. If I see you yeah. in this ring again, I'm gonna put you out. This is all I'm gonna say, brother man. He started out in AEW, got hurt shortly. He broke his foot. That's right. Comes back in WWE, gets hurt shortly after by tearing his triceps. At a certain point, I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell Elijah Mitchell. It might be time to hang it up, brother. Might be time to go be a family man. I will say, I am very excited for a WrestleMania season without Brock Lesnar. I am very we excited. That. We don't know that yet. It's early. Well, the, report, the reports have been that he's, he's not interested. Or he's not in the plans, but he might be now. But as we stand right now, I look forward to a WrestleMania season without Brock Lesnar. I'm gonna tell you what, though, if we, get, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna put that match into the ether, not even into the atmosphere. Do it. Oh, if, oh, we get, we if we get that match again, oh Brock Roman, streets don't need that. We've seen enough of that. Hell I, no. I, I don't want Brock WWE. Know who you that's who Gunther can face because Gunther said he's always wanted to face Brock Lesnar. That's a match I would pay attention to. Gunther versus Brock Lesnar for the IP title. That'd be Sign me up for that. It would only be like 10 minutes long. <laughs> Don't matter. That'd be a haul. Oh, speaking Jay Cargill versus Bianca Belair is gonna feed Woo! Let's talk about some chocolate milk. Oh my goodness. Listen, we ain't gotta stay here long because I'm gonna I'm gonna get my thirst out fast. Okay. Listen. <clears throat> It's all I'm gonna say. Jay Cargo can beat me up like she could abuse me. She picked up Nia Jax like she was a baby. She said, "Girl, come here, Bruh, and Like not even trying to sound like on some horny stuff. Jay Cargill is fucking ripped, like ripped. Yes, I've she never seen Jack. a physique like that. Like she is, she is. I'm not, like, even, I'm not even trying to. I'm not even on no horny shit. I'm talking like from one athlete, former athlete to. 
current professional athlete, she is. She's China. Like she is. I think she's prettier than China. She is. But same kind of physique, right? China was very like she was very she's very ripped. Like ripped. Like more ripped than Rhea. Whoa, man. Rhea. I saw a video of um this guy was interviewing her and this did you see it? It was a perfect setup. He was like, you walk around and you make people giggle. Like they kind of like fold under you. I'm going to stare at you for 10 seconds and I promise you I won't fold. He folded. She licked, yeah, she licked her lips and that, that man knees buckle. He folded. Brother. Happens to the Rip- rest of us. Listen, Rhea Ripley is like the sneaky type of fine. you like, oh my. Like Now, but- this is what I'm going to say. Rhea Ripley don't like she. Never mind. You can't say that. You can't. Can't. Say no, you that. don't. I don't know what you're about to say, but nope, that's not. You you think she? Listen. Nope, we not. Nope. I'm gonna say. Uh, Bailey and Damage Control is gonna be a great story. That's that gives Evolution vibes. Oh yeah, that's gonna break up. That's gonna break that's, up. That's, I see that's it now. done because Bailey's not picking. Um, Rhea. She's not picking Rhea Ripley. She knows. So who she wins? Know who wins? The- who wins the Elimination Chamber match to go, and why is it not Becky Lynch? I don't want to see Becky Lynch anywhere near the title. Oh, it's going to be Nia Jax. I don't think I don't think she's there. Do you think she's there yet to headline WrestleMania? I think, I think the way they're going to tell that story is going to be like the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Like, I'd rather see Bianca, Jade, and Rhea, like, just get the three most ripped women in the business in the same ring together and just watch them all wrestle. Yeah, but but the thing, but mommy's on uh she's mostly on Raw though. She's mostly yeah, she's, she's more on Raw than SmackDown. Well so Jade was, hasn't signed anywhere, has she? That was the whole story until her mother died. She was going to, she went to NXT, she went to Raw, she went to SmackDown, she tried to find her oh, somewhere. Oh, that's time. why she hasn't been around. Her mother passed away. Yeah, her mother passed away. That's oh, why she ain't been around. I didn't know that. I was yeah. actually really wondering where she had been at. Okay. Yeah, her mother passed away. Our, uh, well, prayers up to her and her family. That's... And Bianca's already on Raw, right? Bianca's on SmackDown. Bianca's on SmackDown. Okay, so I don't. That's hide. why I think. That's why I think Bailey's going to choose. Uh, um, what's the girl name? The Eco Sky. Yeah. Wait, that's who has it. Oh, that is who has it. Actually, maybe Bailey versus Rhea Ripley would not be fun. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think that I don't, I'm not. I don't want it, the damage control story writes itself. Oh, Honestly, I think that, you're right. I do think she challenges EO Sky straight up. Yeah. She, yeah, she has to. You have to, and that's going to be the the end of damage control. And might be either the heel. That might be the 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 face flip, the face turn for for Bailey. That's already happened. When she was when she won the rumble, that was her face turn. You heard, did you hear the crowd? Yeah. You think she's gonna bring back the little floaty things again? Or, I hope or not. That... We don't want we don't want children, Bailey. Yeah, we, we just want, want Bailey who's not a heel. Yeah. It's to be interesting though. Brother, we had a we, we had a great show today. We're gonna shout out oh, shout first and foremost, shout out Jeff again for stopping by, talking a lot of football with us. Um, even though I don't like the Niners, I'm just, you know, ha- happy for him and his fandom that, you know, at least they can go to a Super Bowl. And who knows, man? It's, it is just one game. I mean, there's, you know. We'll talk about Anyone it more next week. I need some time to think about it. Now, I'm, I'm listen, I'm, I'll am i tell you one thing. Ah, damn, I forgot to tell Jeff this. 
I think when the Chiefs were watching the NFC Championship game for the when they saw the results of the first half, I know they were they were a little bit scared because I don't think the Chiefs wanted to play the Lions. Really? Yes. Why? Is that? I think they would. I think the Chiefs know that. Um, in my opinion, I think the Chiefs know that they can they can find a way to beat the the Niners, or the Niners would beat themselves into the Chiefs winning. I think the way the Lions play and how aggressive they were, the Lions would have really tried to play keep away, and they would have stuck to it if they can run the ball. I got That's you. my opinion. Yeah, my opinion though. Danny, let the people know where they can find you, my brother. I'm on the X at Danny Ocean Forty One. You can find us on TikTok. Instagram and X at speak on the underscore pod. And you can also talk to us. I know there are a lot of people. The chat's been going up tonight. Appreciate all the love. But guys, you can send your emails to speak on a pod 14 at gmail.com. You can ask us anything. And if it's too absurd, we'll just reply back via email and block you. But we're pretty flexible. Please send us emails because once this once football season ends and we're deep in NBA season, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking a lot of drafts. A lot of yeah. mock drafts. Um, yo, I got a funny story to end to, to end the in the pod. First and foremost, make sure you're following uh, myself on X, on Twitch, on all the social medias at Los D Mix. That's L O S D E E M I X. All right, funny story. So, um, my the other dynasty league that I'm in, this the 12 team PPR one. Uh-huh. So this is the team that I have like. Patrick Mahomes, I have Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, George Pickens, Romeo, uh, Dontavious Wicks, Aaron Jones, Ramondre Stevenson. Good team. The team started out six and one. We finished this even seven and seven. So it was a complete and utter collapse on the back end. But this is a really good nucleus of a team. Um, I won the booty bowl to win the third overall pick. And then I traded Tagovailoa to get 106 in Zamir White. So, kid, kid you not, yesterday, in this, in this, in this group chat, we're having our norm, another normal sports debate. You know, you know how sports debates are in the fantasy group yeah. chats with all the different fans of different teams. You know how it gets all the time. So, it's a conversation about the Bengals, Joe Burrow. No, it was a conversation about Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert. Who's okay. The who like who's the better QB? And essentially, I came in and I was like, okay, well, like, what does what does Burrow do exceptionally better than uh, Justin Herbert? And someone said, when? And I said, well, when what? They, I mean, if we're talking winning, then no one's better than Mahomes because he's the only one that seems to keep going to the Super Bowl and winning them. Like, Burrow got there and lost. Herbert's blew a 24, 20 whatever point lead. Mm-hmm. So we're going back and forth about that. That turns into a conversation of uh, is Micah Parsons a bust if he was taken at the same draft, uh, at the same draft capital that Chase Young was uh, uh, taken at, at number two overall? Oh. So I was like, okay, if uh, because you know, Micah Parsons doesn't always have the sack, sack numbers, but you can't look at his whole body of work and say he's not. He would be a bust if he was taking a number two overall versus a Chase Young, who I don't know if you've been seeing. He's been in the headlines a little bit for like his lack of effort. Yeah, I would say to, to trade him. Yeah. So this is not where this conversation gets the most interesting. So this again, regular ball conversation because everyone's like, "Yeah, no, you can't consider Michael Parsons a bust." But 
Chase Young, eh, I maybe see the argument, but I don't know if I'm there yet. So this turns in, this turns into, this turns into an argument. And one of the guys that's like seriously arguing is the commissioner of the league. This turns into an argument about, uh, is, is it all about winning or is it all about stats? And then everyone in there was like, dude, the only people who care about the commissioner is arguing that it's it's a little bit more stats than wins. And every the 11 other people in the chat were like, yo, my G, I want to let you know that the only people who really care about stats, like stat stats, are us in the media. These players, they want to win championships. Like, yes, they want to get their stats second, but priority number uno, they want to win championships. So then, so then he was like, well, then if it's all about winning and the only thing you can win is chips, then everyone needs to shut the fuck up then. And then I was kind of like, whoa, 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 hold on, buddy. I, I, I've seen my team win. I've seen my team win. It's been a while, but I've seen my team win. Had a Ravens fan in there. He was like, I've seen my team win in 2012. Had Eagles fan in there. I've seen my team win in 2017. The commissioner who's talking is a Bengals fan. That in so, so, so then, I kid you not, he got so mad. What do you think he did? He nuked the league. Nuked the fucking league, bro. No. He got so mad. He just he he started removing people from their teams and then just nuked it. Nuked the no. entire league. This is even pettier. He didn't. He nuked the current year. Like so, we had already finished last year and we were prepping for this draft season. He nuked this this current league. <laughs> what? No. And everyone was like, "No fucking way." No fucking way. No of course, way. one of my homies in there, right before the league was fully new, he goes in and he starts to screen record and he just looks at everyone's roster, what draft picks they accumulated, then goes back through the league activity, goes through all the trades that have happened, what tra- draft picks and all that. He comes back to the comes back to you know the, the remaining nucleus of the people left, and he was like, Yo, such and such. I mean, the league is gone. All we have is this. Do you think we could restart? Do you think we can make another league and just basically start it from where we are, like right here? And essentially, I put my commissioner hat on. I asked a couple other people, yo, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need y'all to commission with me because I already commissioned two leagues. Can y'all do it? They came in, I made them co-commissioners. So now we have a brand new league with the settings of this league that, that just got nuked. We just transferred all that information over, started a brand new dynasty league, and we just got uh we just got obviously that guy who nuked the whole league, the commissioner, we had to replace him because we were just like okay. We yeah, and the guy. thing is we offered him his team back. We were like, yo, here's the thing. That was like some real childish shit that you just did. And normally, like when people get removed from like the group chat, every like playfully because they've been talking too much or they are scaring the hoes. Give them about an hour or maybe a day, and someone add them back. That's normally what happens. And usually, the commissioner is the guy who's kicking people out and then bringing them back in. He got kicked out because he kept he was. I mean, he started this whole argument and didn't want to, and he just was getting argued against. He kicked everyone out, and so we we were like, okay, we'll bring you back and we'll give you your team back, but we don't trust you to be the commissioner because no. we don't want you getting so emotional that you just press the red button every time you get upset. Like we're not doing that. So we said, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to stick with this tribunal community uh, commissionership. The three of us, we will implement the changes, 
but we were just voting everything as a league, and that way there really shouldn't be, and it should be a lot of peace of mind here. What do you think happened? He told y'all to kick rocks. Told us to fuck off. He said there was. Said he said we lack we lack respect in that league, and everyone was like, "Huh?" We was like, "My G." We was like, "My G." First off, you always kick everybody out. One, and then two. We was like, "Dog." It was. It. Someone was like, "Yo, I just went back and looked. It was three minutes from when he got removed to when he started kicking everyone out the league." And so we was like, "All right." We good. Like, if you don't want to come back and we offered you to give you your team back and you want to act like this, it's in God's hands now. Can't do business with that. Jesus. So, I'm, bruh, I was like, I was, I have never seen nothing like this. Like, I'm, after this, I'm going to text you the, the, the message thread of how it started. And I'm going to say, this is how we ended up. This is how, this is the conversation that led to my man nuking a whole league. Please send it. I need to read this. So, so the previous league name was Toxic Dynasty Football League, right? After this shit happened, everyone was essentially trauma bonding together. And what do you think the new name of this football league is? Super Toxic. The United Football League. Because Bye. now. Good night. No. Because now. <laughs> good night. Y'all have a good night. No. Because, listen, because now everyone, it's like peace of mind now everyone just talks things out like yo yo you think this and someone's like i hear where you're coming from here are my thoughts um but i'm down to do whatever the league wants to do a week ago let me tell you how this conversation would have went you would have said yo what do we think about xyz and the commission might, might be like no that's dumb fuck that i'm not doing that and everyone's like oh okay, okay. <laughs> no dog y'all have a good week Y'all have a blessing. Appreciate your commissioners, people. Some of us are really good. Yes, y'all are. You could have been anywhere in the world, people, but you were here with us. Make sure you spend the next week speaking on everything that your mind might have to speak about. Peace. Peace.